0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: If you've been with us on Wednesday evening, you know David has done it all. Shepherd, soldier, sovereign, singer, and sinner. We've seen David, the son of Jesse, 1 Samuel 16, 18. We've seen David the king, First Chronicles 17, 16. We've seen David a man after God's own heart, Acts 13, 22. And here in chapter 23, look at the second Samuel 23, right about the end of the verse, uh, verse one, we see, I'm going to ask you to travel with me a little bit tonight, okay? Y'all awake? Everybody ready? 2 Samuel 23, one, it says we see David as the sweet psalmist David. He, the sweet psalmist of Israel, he's done it all. Second Samuel 22, David, in our text tonight, is coming to the end of his life, and as you come to the end of your life, you know, I guess, I don't know if you're probably over 50, you probably feel this way. I think I, I have and do from time to time. You come to the end of your life and you start to think about your life. You start to think about, you know, what you've done and the accomplishments you've made or or haven't made and things that you uh, wish you would have done. You start looking back over your life and maybe here in Second Samuel 22, David is... Walking around the palace, maybe David is standing on the hillside overlooking the kingdom and thinking back over his life and thinking how God used him over the years. And then David took his pen and he began to write the words of chapter 22. This song is probably written after 2 Samuel 7 and 8. You might want to write that down. After 2 Samuel 7 and 8. This chapter, 2 Samuel 22, is also recorded in Psalm 18. So 2 Samuel 22 and Psalm 18 are identical with just a little variation. So this is written twice in the Bible. It's in Israel's history book in 2 Samuel, and it's written in Israel's hymnal book in Psalm 18. The Holy Spirit took the time to record this for us twice, apparently there's something that's very special, something we need to learn here. Most scholars believe that this was David's last written psalm. If so, then this would be a song of his old age. It's a song of joy and victory and praise written at the close of a race run well. Reading this song is like reading all of David's psalms rolled into one. This is David's song of songs. As David writes about his own walk with the Lord, he gives us some insight into our walk with the Lord as well. And we're reminded who God is and what he does for his children. And David, listen, takes us into praise and worship. I love this chapter. You are going to love this chapter. David takes us in the praise and worship of a God who is worthy of our praise. Somebody say amen. I've titled this sermon, David's Song of Songs. David's Song of Songs. Tonight, we're going to look at the verses, and we'll just kind of pick some verses to look at. We can't, you know, uh, exegete every verse tonight. We'd be here till 11. And uh, y'all want to be here till 11. Two people and, and two pastors, right? That would figure, okay? Well, I don't want to be here till 11, all right? 2 Samuel, come on, let's get to it. Second Samuel chapter 22, and uh, let's, we'll read a few verses, have a few comments, read a few verses, have a few comments. Let's do it like that, all right? right. Second Samuel 22, we're looking at verse 1. Saints, if you're looking at verse 1, say amen. Then David spoke to the Lord. The words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, what do you say, saints? The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Come on. The God of my strength in whom I will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. When the waves of death surrounded me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid, the sorrows of shields surrounded me, the snare of death confronted me. Distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out. up right there give me your attention did you notice if you just kind of flip through look to the end of this chapter this is a really long psalm there are only 3 psalms in the bible that are longer psalm 78 psalm 89 and psalm 110 are longer did you know that this is a really long title there's a really long title here in verse 1 this is the title, and there's only one other chapter where the title is longer. This is a really long title. 2 Samuel 22, 1, and Psalm 18. I want you to hold your place here in 2 Samuel and go with me to Psalm 18. Hold your place in Second Samuel. 2 Samuel 22, keep your finger there. Go to Psalm 18. I want you to see, as I mentioned earlier, Second Samuel 22, Psalm 18 are identical. Look at the, the foreword in Psalm 18, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies. Sound familiar? And from the hand of Saul, and he said, verse 1, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. Notice they are the same. Go back to 2 Samuel 22. I have so many verses in my head all day. I'm jumbled. Look at verse 1, chapter 22 of 2 Samuel. Again, the Lord spoke. David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. Now, before we get to this verse, let me just remind you, if you've been with us on Wednesday evening, you know that I've told you that the book of Psalms or Psalms is known as the book of human emotions because every experience of man's heart is found in Psalms. If you're fearful, read Psalm 56, Psalm 91, Psalm 23. If you are discouraged, read Psalm 42. Are you listening? If you happen to be feeling lonely, read Psalm 71, 62. If you're feeling sinful, which is the way I usually feel, you too. Read Psalm 51. If you're feeling worried or anxious, read Psalm 37 and 73. If you're angry, try reading Psalm 58 or 13. If you're happy and you want some words to express your happiness, Psalm 92, 66, 92 or 66. If you're feeling forsaken, read Psalm 88, grateful. And you like to put that in words? Psalm 40. If you're feeling doubtful and your faith is failing, read Psalm 119, If you're feeling like you want to reflect on God and all that he's done over the span of your life, read Psalm 22 or Psalm 18. In Psalm 18, you still got your finger in Psalm 18? Look at verse 1 in Psalm 18. Psalm 18 starts with, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. And then he writes, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. David says in Psalm 18. 18, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. In Hebrew, that reads, I will love thee dearly and entirely from the very heart root. I will love you dearly and entirely from the very heart root. This word in Hebrew, the word love, is different from the New Testament. It's different than agape. This word is used of a mother's love for her baby. It carries the idea of hugging It's the image of a mother holding her newborn baby close to her with the heart of pure love, a deep heart root type of love. 2 Samuel chapter 22, notice verse 2 says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. So Psalm, that's why I told you variations in Psalm 18, just small. Psalm 18 starts in verse 1 I will love you, O Lord, my strength." Psalm, pardon me, Second Samuel 22. y'all ain't praying for me. All right, Second Samuel 22 starts. You see it? "The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer starts just a little bit different. And then in verse three, "The God of my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield." And the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you saved me from violence. Listen, 10 times in verse two and three, we have the personal pronoun me or my 10 times. Did you see it? My deliverer, my fortress, my rock, my strength, my shield, my salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, my savior. Notice You save me. Ten times, David is talking about a relationship he has with God and letting us know that that relationship is very personal. Listen, David didn't just know about God. David knew God. You understand that there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God? There are people who know about God. Plenty of people know about God, but do they know God? David knew God. Did you get that? David, in these verses, watch this. He seems to pile on praise. And he does that with the titles of God. It's like a flood of praise emotion. He can't say enough about who God is. Notice the nine titles. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my strength, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, my savior. I'm adding my redeemer my buckler, my shepherd, my king, my friend. Can I get a witness? Yeah, we could add those. I will call, look at verse four. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. That's a song. We used to sing a song like that. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy. You remember that song? Do you guys shake your head? Yeah, I, I will call upon the Lord. And the ladies go, who is worthy to? I will call upon the who is worthy to be praised? Hosanna, blessed be the rock. Be exalted. Hosanna, blessed be the rock. God of my salvation, be All right, qua. All right, qua. Yeah, we used to sing this, song, I will call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. That was a worship song. And for David, this isn't just a song. For David, this isn't a plaque on the wall. It's not just a plaque. David truly felt the need to call on the Lord. Why? Because he was worthy to be praised. David said in verse 4, so shall I be saved from my enemies when? Well, God saved David. You know, you've been with me, haven't you? God saved David from Goliath. God saved David from Saul. God saved David from backsliding. God saved David from Israel's enemies. God saved David from Absalom. God saved David from David. God saved David from David. David would have destroyed David if it weren't for God. And listen, we would be destroyed if it weren't for God, keeping us from falling. I think of Psalm 73, 1 through 4. Truly, God is good to Israel, to such as have a pure heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of, of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Notice David says in verse 5 through 7, when the waves of death surrounded me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. You know, that's honest. That's really honest. David says, I was afraid of ungodly folk. I was afraid of ungodly people. David says, the waves of death surrounded me. The sorrows of hell and the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called Note this, not my friend, I called on the Lord. I cried out to my God, and he heard my voice from his temple. Keep in mind, the temple had not yet been built yet. And I love this phrase, my cry entered his ears. In other words, God heard him, and he hears us too. Look at verse 8. Let's move forward a little bit. Look at verse 8. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundation of the heavens quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed, he bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and flew and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness canopies around him, dark waters and thick clouds of sky of the skies. From the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice. He sent our arrows and scattered them, lightning bolts, and he vanquished them. And then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were covered. At the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of his nostrils, or the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me. Underline that. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. And he delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They comforted or confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. You might write the word, the Lord was my stay. He was my stay. He was my support. He was my foundation, my stay. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The context, saints, is God saving David out of the hand of his enemies. And you get the impression from these verses that David is remembering that God moved in a very powerful way in his life. Notice in verse 20, he tells us that he delivered me because He delights in me. Think about that. God delights in us. God doesn't just love or like us. He loves us. You know, some people say, I like you, but I don't love you. Or, or they say it the other way. I love you, but I don't like you. Okay, that makes less sense right there. Okay, how you say that to somebody? I love you, but I don't like you. How you love me? but you don't like me. That hurts my head. I love you, but I don't like you. That's silly. God loves you, and he likes you. The Bible says he delights in us. He likes us. You know, most of us believe God loves us, but do you know that God likes you too? He loves you, he likes you also. Think about it. God, Jehovah, Jehovah, who parts the sea with the breath of his nostril, likes you. You know, I grew up in the Catholic, I went to Catholic church for many years. I went to Catholic school from, I think, one through eight. And um, I remember we used to go to uh, confession every day. We used to go to Catholic mass Every day, if you went to Catholic school, you know, every day you went to Catholic Mass. And you, um, you know, and Mass to me was, uh, uh, the whole confession thing was really intimidating. It was intimidating. I mean, think about it. You're sending like an uh, eight-year-old, a nine-year-old into a dark booth. You go in there, you shut the door, it's pitch black. You're sitting there and all of a sudden... A sliding door from a screen just goes shoo. And you go, ah. <laughs> and then they tell you what to say Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Catholic people remember, right? Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And, and the Father says, um, When's your last confession? And you say, um, Yesterday at 12. And uh, <laughs> yesterday. And, and then you tell him, you know, what sins you committed in the last 24 hours. And, and, and it was also tim- intimidating. And, and I just remember when I was young kid, I didn't know that God liked me. I, di- I didn't know that because that's not communicated. I mean, you think God is angry, You think you better get it together or God's going to send a lightning bolt down. If you lie, a lightning bolt, that's where that phrase comes from, you know, give me my 36 inch. Why? Because if you say something wrong or you do something wrong, a lightning bolt's going to come down and it's going to strike you. And you're going to be dead. Because God is a God of judgment. God is a God of religious judgment. If you do something wrong, you're going to be judged. And that's the kind of fear that many, many people have as it relates to God and as it relates to understanding who God is. And then as you grow and you get to know the scriptures and you go to a Bible teaching church where they understand the word, God is not angry with you. The Bible says he delights in us. He loves us. He even likes you. You should be glad about that. I'm glad. I was glad when I learned that. I'm glad when that became a revelation, it wasn't just this, you know, theological, theoretical understanding of God. After a while, you start to learn that God loves you and it's a personal relationship with God. And that, that's a wonderful thing. He delights it. and It's a very freeing thing. And if you, you know, if you come out of a, a religious background, a legalistic background or, you know, the you know, Catholic church type, legal background, when you get that freedom, you feel it. Am I right about it? You really, really, really feel it. It becomes very tangible, and you enter into this relationship with God. No longer do I think that God is going to judge me and send lightning bolts if I do something wrong. Now I know that if I do something wrong, I can simply ask God to forgive me, and he will forgive me. And the same feeling that you feel when you feel... Um, that you've come to know God into a personal relationship with God. No longer do you relate to him as judgment. It's that same feeling that you feel when you know you're forgiven. You feel forgiven. When you ask God to forgive you, have you ever felt that? When you ask God to forgive you, you really feel like this burden lifted off your shoulders. You feel like you like walk different. I know when I got, became a Christian, I felt like I was walking different. I know I saw things differently. You know my story I tell you all the time. The grass was greener. When I first became a Christian, the grass was greener. Nobody can tell me different. I know that grass. I saw that grass every single day. I know that grass was greener. And I know that dirt seemed more brown to me. And the sky was bluer. And the birds were singing. It was, it was nice. It was awesome. And you feel that way when you come into that relationship with God. But when you're in this legal thing, God's going to judge you. God delights in you. God loves you. This is, that's, that's a great verse. We could talk about that all day. Okay, look at verse, uh, you know, actually this study, I was telling a friend today, this study was difficult tonight for me because it's, this is kind of devotional, it's more devotional. Like this, you can sit down in the morning, just go back over this, read it, think about it, pray it through. Lord, thank you for delighting in me. That's how you do devotion. You don't get your straws and cordons out and your Bibles out and all the different Bibles and pens and things. That's not devotion. Devotion is just you, the Lord, and your Bible.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Carey located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923.